If you want to lift up, our Honduras team is back. And uh, some of them even made it here this morning after getting back very, very late last night. So praise God for them. And, and I can't wait to hear some of the things the Lord did uh, in Honduras. We have a team all set up to go to Israel next May that is going to start meeting today. And uh, we're working on another international mission trip, hopefully for next summer. So things are happening. Praise God. And, uh, but you don't have to go all the way to Israel or Honduras or any place else. This Friday, you can just go to Grove City and do some ministry downtown as we, we uh, pass out water and, or come here Friday and stuff those backpacks and go Saturday to Appalachia. Or if you, you want to minister to your stomach rather than other people, go with that traveling uh, group that's going to Tom's Ice Cream. I grew up. Uh, going to Zanesville all the time. I love Tom's ice cream. Good stuff. And it's going to be on the Food Network, so you're going to a famous place too. It is great to see everybody. If you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Rob, one of the pastors here on staff. It is great to have you here this morning. That's what I get? Gee, many Christmas. You're all going, where's Tom? Here's Tom. He's taking some time, man, taking some vacation, him and Karen. Uh, we are in a series. We've been in a series all summer called Soul Care. And the idea of this series is to extend God's grace into our lives in a greater and greater way. But that takes some work on our part. It takes us adding some things and subtracting some things. We've talked about simplifying our lives and Taking some solitude. I've had a couple people say, I'm doing my solitude on Sunday mornings. That was not the idea. Uh, Submission, sacrifice, Sabbath, service. That's what we've talked about. We have two more of those. uh, And Pastor Tom's doing something a little bit different for this series at the end of it. He's giving us three very concrete reasons why you want to take care of your soul. And last week we talked about going deeper. That we don't want to be shallow. We want to be folks who are deep enmeshed in the grace of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And today I'm not going to use an S, even though it sounds like an S. We're going to talk about celebrate. That's it. That's enough. Uh, If you want more of that, Friday night, as we're giving out water, it's 60 and 70s night at that concert. So you'll get plenty of that. Uh, Isn't that a great way to start out to remind ourselves that what we're here today to do is to celebrate. 
This is such a, a key discipline to learn as we talk about caring for our souls. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but it, it, it's, it, it's easy to celebrate when everything is good. Right? Isn't it easy to celebrate at a birthday? Up to a certain point, then you start mourning, right? Oh, I'm not 50 yet, am I? No, I'm not. All right, uh, but you get a little nine-year-old celebrating birthday. It's great. Christmas is great to celebrate. The fun things in life are, we love to celebrate. Uh, the United States has more reasons to celebrate. We do the 4th of July. We do Thanksgiving. We do New Year's. We do Christmas. We do the Super Bowl. But see, this morning, I, I do want to convince you that it, it's important to be a person of celebration when things are good. But what I want to extend to you is an opportunity to learn to celebrate when you're crushed. When, when everything's not good, when, when life is difficult. And, you know, I, I want you to picture Jesus for a moment. And the reason why he came was to save us, but he came also to remind you of something. Would you read it with me? Jesus came to remind me that God is a God of celebration. And maybe you've never seen God that way this morning. Maybe you see God as a God of condemnation, not celebration. But we see it in Matthew 26, 17-19. We're going to go through this passage that we already read this morning. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Everybody say Passover. Passover. I'm going to explain that in a moment. He replied, Go into a certain city uh, to a man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. What are they going to do? What? Celebrate the Passover. We're going to talk about that in a moment. With my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. We, we need to understand how Passover is a celebration. And that actually in the Old Testament, God set up this divine plan to get the Israelites to celebrate. Now, your notes say Leviticus uh, 3. It should actually be Leviticus 23. I had a little oops when I was doing my editing. Everybody say, the pastor is not perfect. All right, so all these are from Leviticus 23. They're corrected up there. Celebrate Passover. Remember, the Israelites had been in slavery for a couple hundred years. What happens when you are in slavery for a couple hundred years? Your spirits are crushed, amen? And so as they go out in the desert, God says, look, you guys need to start celebrating because, well, you're kind of bad to be around because your spirits are crushed. We need to lift up your spirit. So the... First and foremost, celebration of Passover. What is that? It's a celebration that death passed over them. Right? The death passed over them. Isn't that a great thing to celebrate? You know, if we are in Christ, death passes over us too. We have reason to celebrate. He said to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. What is that? 
It's their escaping Egypt. Never forget, you escaped. Why? Because I enabled you to escape. Can't we celebrate every week that we have escaped Satan's snare for us? We have escaped certain death. Celebrate the feast of the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. What is that? that that's one of those weird ones that you look at. It, it's, it's celebrating that they're going to the promised land. Right? It's a celebration of the promised land, and year after year, they are supposed to give of their harvest, the first fruits, the first parts, to celebrate that God led them out of slavery into abundance. Can't we occasionally celebrate that? Celebrate the Feast of Weeks. We know it as Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. And that's when the Holy Spirit came down and really tore the church open into what god planned for it celebrate the feast of weeks what is that it's a celebration of the ten commandments celebration of when the ten commandments were given to them you know you might think of the ten commandments that's law and that's legalism why would you celebrate that because that's god's word for his people stay away from these things and you won't have trouble Have you ever thought of reading the Ten Commandments that way? Not as a bunch of don'ts, but like this. I will never experience this if I don't do that. Hmm. Celebrating. Celebration of the Feast of the Trumpets. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Woo-hoo! All right, celebrate. What is that? Rosh Hashanah. Anybody hear that before, Rosh Hashanah? That is a celebration of the new year. Celebrate, it's a new year. The old one is done, the new one has come. Some of you are already ready for 2018. You you can't wait. There is something always to celebrate. Celebrate the Day of Atonement. What is the Day of Atonement? The celebration of forgiveness. I want you to hear this. You you experienced it this morning. You've been forgiven. You have reason to celebrate. Can I get an amen on that? Never forget that you are a forgiven person. If you are in Christ, celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. What is that? A celebration of provision. I mean, I'm I'm looking out on you. you. I don't see a bunch of hungry people here. You have been provided for. You have reason to celebrate. Here these folks had spent 200 years in slavery and their spirits were crushed and God was reminding them, we are a people of celebration because I am God. Are you a person of celebration? How about the New Testament? Did did Jesus come to celebrate? Do we celebrate Jesus? If I had the pleasure of bringing out Christ. This is just how I would do it. It ain't got to be the way you do it. You might not think it's just right, but this is how I would do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to list. 
He has done the impossible time after time. He hailed out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon, and some say he's the Prince of Peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together. And show your love for the second coming of the one and only. You guys did much better than first service, so congratulations. I, I don't think we celebrate enough, church. Jesus is worth celebrating. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-two through 26, a communion is a celebration of Jesus. We're not sad. He's not dead. He's alive. We celebrate Jesus. Jesus celebrated. No, he didn't. He was serious. And no, he, he celebrated at, at weddings. Uh, didn't, he, didn't his mama say there wasn't enough wine, so he made some more from water? He celebrated at weddings. He celebrated at parties. The religious folks got upset because he celebrated at parties. My favorite chapter in the Bible is Luke 15. Luke 15, we are told parable after parable by Jesus telling us that God loves to celebrate when lost things are found. He told us that the thing that heaven loves to do the most is celebrate when lost people like you and I find Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that that's not the worst thing, that's the best thing that we should celebrate. We are told in Revelation 21 that we will get to celebrate for all eternity. I know some of you have been lied to and told that you got to play a harp on a cloud for all eternity. You don't. You get to celebrate all eternity 
There is no weeping. There is no crying. There is no death. There are no fat grams. Hallelujah. Why does Jesus infuse the spirit of celebration to the Israelites? Because they had been uh, oppressed for over 200 years. They were defeated. They were dismayed. And he came to remind them that God is a God of celebration. And God wants us to celebrate. Have you forgotten Now, folks, it does not take any discipline whatsoever to celebrate when everything is going well. It doesn't doesn't take any discipline to celebrate when you take communion and you go, oh, yes, I'm forgiven. But when it takes discipline, Jesus says, I want to remind you, you can still celebrate even when you are crushed. Look what Jesus was going through in the middle of this meal. Matthew 26, 20 through 28. When the evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. How many of you have been betrayed before? How many of you have known something bad was going to happen before and you were paralyzed by it? You were crushed by it. You couldn't even think of celebrating. Yet Jesus knows that Judas has betrayed him. He knows that he's going to die on a cross and he's still there to do what? Celebrate. Celebrate. He talks about that scripture we already read. The blood of the new covenant shed for us see he came to let us know we can celebrate in the midst of defeat we we can celebrate in the midst of defeat how many of you have heard of a guy named joseph Uh, if you read the latter part of the book of genesis you will read his story he has bad thing after bad thing after bad thing that happened, that happened to him. I mean, his brother sold him in slavery. And yet he kept on rising up and going, I will celebrate the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And he'd get blessed and then he'd get slapped back down. Why was he able to do that? Why could he do that? Somebody say Joseph. How many of you heard of a guy named Paul? Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Faced difficulty after difficulty, problem after problem. He even got bit by a viper. He got beat. He got spat upon. He got run out of towns. And yet, he celebrated in the midst of difficulty. And then, of, the, of course, there's Jesus. How many of you know he died? Well, only five of you? Wait a second. Uh, how many of you know he died? How many of you know that he knew that he was going to die? And yet he celebrated in the midst of the death because he knew there was resurrection at the end of death. Now, I want to talk about the good part and how to celebrate, but first I want to tell you what happens to most of us when our spirits are crushed. Uh, Some of us become cynical. You say blue, I say yellow. 
You know, I, I've got to admit, I, I tend towards the cynical. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Or help him, Jesus. You need help, too. <laughs> my wife was so excited the other day. Jonathan, uh, my, my youngest, is working at, over at Regal Movie Theater. And uh, he has uh, a rare disease. He, he reacts uh, very badly to most foods. Like he can't take communion the way we take communion. Uh, just, and one of the things that he is most reactive to is milk. And so his mom was excited because the night before he cleaned out the butter from the popcorn, you know, that stuff you squirt all over your popcorn, and he didn't get sick or anything. And so she, as soon as I woke up that morning, she couldn't wait to tell me. She goes, can you believe it? It's a miracle. And, and, and here, here's your faithful pastor of connections and whatever else I do, I go... It probably wasn't butter. (laughs) And my wife was... I was right, uh, but I was wrong. Because as a Christ follower, I should have a spirit of celebration and go, Yay, God! Yay, God! But I want to tell you, I tend when my spirit has been crushed a little bit, to be cynical. Some of you suffer from depression because of it. You just, I hate to keep on bringing up Eeyore, but some of you, I mean, it it just, oh, it's raining today. No, it hasn't rained at all. Well, it has some place. Oh. Oh, it's a beautiful day. No, it's not. Yeah, the sun's shining and, yep, I'm going to get a sunburn. (laughs) You know, you have this tendency to just, your spirit has been crushed and you're depressed and, ah, man. Do people like to be around cynical and depressed people? No, misery loves company. And see, maybe you're the third one. You want to make people as miserable as you, so you're legalistic. You shouldn't have done that. I'm better than you because I've read two chapters in the Bible this week. How many have you read? I've got this soul care thing down. I'm doing every one at the same time in the same day. Have you done any? See, this crushed spirit leads to cynicism and depression and legalism. And the worst part of it is nobody wants to be around us when we're like that because nobody wants a Jesus that causes us to be depressed, cynical, and legalistic. We need a Jesus who helps us celebrate in the midst of defeat, in the midst of the darkness of life when we are crushed. And I want to let you know, Jesus came to enable you to celebrate even when you are crushed. This is so important. Read it. Jesus came to enable me to celebrate when I'm in crush. Look what he said at the end of this communion segment. I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it anew. 
this is not the end. Doesn't matter how crushed we are, this is not the end. Till I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. See, I can still celebrate even though I'm going to walk through the valley of hell. Because I know what is past this time of defeat, this time of crushing. See, I can celebrate in the midst of defeat because Jesus has defeated Satan. Oh, come on. People, wake up. Satan is defeated. Romans 16.20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. We get to trample Satan. Come on now. It might seem like defeat right now, but understand. Jesus is one. Jesus is one. I am not defeated. I can celebrate in the midst of difficulty. Everybody say difficulty. Because Jesus has enabled me to see beyond the difficulty. I might be right here, but I'm looking up there. I might be experiencing this, but I'm not seeing that because I'm looking way for 2 Corinthians 4, 8-18. This is a long passage. Stay with me. I know only a little bit is up there. Here, just so you get a little exercise and don't fall asleep on me while I go through this scripture. If you have experienced any of these things, just raise your hand. As I read them, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Four of you. I'm going to have to read it again because I really believe there's more than just four people here who can relate to this. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Somebody said destroyed. No, you're not. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Did you hear that? For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our... When I can celebrate in the midst of defeat, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of death, people want to know the Jesus that I have. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It's written, I believe, therefore I have spoken with the same spirit of faith. We also believed and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit. So that the grace, remember, why are we doing this service? This sermon series. So, so that the grace extends in our lives and extends to others. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Tell your neighbor, I'm not losing heart. Though outward, outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. When's the last time you said that? 
oh, this is just a light momentary trouble. Yeah, it's, it's a crush. It's a crush. But it's a light and momentary trouble. Are achieving for us an eternal glory. I get a reward from this. Woo! I can celebrate that. I can't wait to see the TV I get because I'm going through this. I'm going to get a 700-foot TV for this one. Woo! Yes! In heaven. Why did I read all this? To get to verse 18. Are you kidding? Nope, I'm not. Read it with me. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Don't get caught up in being so focused on the difficulty that you're going through that that is all you can see. Take your eyes off of that and look past it and look to Jesus. Uh, Anybody uh, been to Logan, Ohio before? Uh, we lived there for three years, was a pastor down there. And uh, one of the guys I came across was a guy named Dave Kelch, who was a police chief at that time. I could not get him to come to church. And uh, we ran, we, we'd go out to breakfast every once in a while, and, and then we kind of lost touch. And I, I was doing a funeral for his uncle, and he came up to me in line, and he said, Pastor, uh, I heard you've been going through some troubles lately. And uh, he was right. Uh, in the past six months, uh, Jonathan was diagnosed with eosinophilic esophageal, whatever. And uh, Adam was diagnosed with epilepsy, and I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And he had tears in his eyes. He goes, how, how can you proclaim the goodness of Jesus when all these bad things are happening? You are going through so many bad things. And, and I, I said, that's all I can do, man, is keep my eyes on Jesus. Because I know this is just temporary. Why don't you come Sunday and I'll tell you more about it. You know how many people say after a funeral, I'm going to be there Sunday. I've been doing this for 25 years. It's a lot and very few show up. He showed up that next Sunday. He got saved the next week. He has led so many people to Christ. And what was the, what was the piece that I played? I could simply say, even though life stinks right now, because Jesus is in it, I can look past it. And I can see what his plan is for me. Somebody say one more. I can celebrate in the midst of death because he has conquered death. Death stinks. Tell your neighbor that. Death stinks, but it's temporary. It's a temporary condition that's resolved by the blood of Jesus that has an eternal consequence. I just came up with that right then and there. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57. When the perishable has been clothed, worship team, come on up. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, old death, is your victory? Where, old death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us victory death is not a defeat death is just 
the ultimate opportunity to experience a victory of Jesus Christ in our lives. At the beginning of service, you were kind of celebrating. Now I want to invite you during our ministry time to really celebrate. Worship team is going to lead us in song, and I, I want to ask you to rise up and celebrate Jesus, regardless of your circumstances. Let him know that you love him and that he is the best thing that has ever happened to you. Some of you, if you're honest today, you're cynical, you're depressed, you're legalistic. And it's time to rid yourself of that. And so, prayer team, I want you to come up and just be available. So if anybody wants to have that, that, that negative spirit prayed out of them, that can happen this morning. And for some of you, you just want to come up to the river and celebrate. That's what we call this area, the, the river of God's grace, right? And you might just want to come up here and go, Woo! Yeah! God is good. However He is calling you this morning, I call you to respond. Amen?